0: This is the Tuesday, July 20th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. Perhaps the final night of the NBA season. We'll get into Game 6 and also touch on the Diamond. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian, alongside Tyler Fulgham. Tyler, it was a pretty light card yesterday. We got there with the TBT, the basketball tournament, uh, what a game filled with drama! But tonight, <laughs> uh, a little bit more popular basketball game six of the NBA Finals. I'm really torn here, and uh, I know no one loves uh, a quitter, but I, I am I'm going to pass on the side here. I just don't have a good read. I'm going to have to feel it out with live wagering. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, I. Uh, by the way, congrats on Team Twenty Three. Hopefully, Game Six tonight ends with a similar type buzzer beater, and for fans of just basketball you want it to be the suns. Cause that means a game seven. Uh, but I, I yesterday on daily wager on the suns plus five. I, I just thought, you know, they had an opportunity with those five points in their pocket to, you know, win the game outright. I think they can do that. But uh, even if Milwaukee did win, I would figure it'd be a close game that the suns wouldn't go quietly into the night, even in a tough venue like Milwaukee. However, Doug, I just learned this morning that Scott Foster is officiating game mm. six. And if anyone knows about scott foster and chris paul specifically chris paul has played in 12 kind of 12 playoff games in his nba career officiated by scott foster and he has won exactly zero of them that's not exactly small sample size either 12 is a fairly significant sample size when it comes to something like this so i don't know which way to look at it do you just ride that trend and cp3 can't ever win a scott foster officiated game or do you think By now, it's time that CP3 is due. There's no way you can lose 13 straight games officially by Scott Foster. So I don't know which way to handicap it. I don't know which way to look at it. I'm kind of like you.
0: Some of it's a little CP3 uh, not delivering in some playoff games. Is that fair?
1: Not delivering. He also has been injured in in playoff games as well. That he had And rarely the
0: favorite. I mean, going against the Warriors a lot of those years, the Clippers are the Clippers. But you're right. 12 games is 12 games. I think it's a little excessive. I, I, I think um the narrative is a little much but it's part of the equation because we're we're handicapping here uh 5 is the highest spread in this series that we will have had uh in terms of a closing number if it gets there feels like a lot of points but what about phoenix their mindset i mean after being that close to up 3-1 being that close to up 3-2 and now they're uh facing elimination 2-3 don't really worry about their mindset chris paul's a veteran he you know he's dealt with
1: uh you know um hurdles so to speak adversity in his career all over the place monty williams head coach um there's few uh humans in the nba who have had to deal with the type of adversity monty has off the floor losing his wife in such tragic fashion so i mean this is you know still in perspective even though it's the biggest game of their career it's uh you know not something they haven't had to deal with before so i do think the sons are going to show that's why i had them Uh, I felt comfortable taking the five points in my pocket before I heard this Foster news. I believe Foster was the official for game three or game four in Milwaukee. I think it was game three when Milwaukee blew him out by 20 points, Uh, but he has officiated a game in this series, which was a Milwaukee victory. And again, I like the plus five with the Suns. I guess I'll stick with that because I I, I do believe even though the overwhelming evidence suggests that Chris Paul can't win a game that that Scott Foster's officiating, I also believe in the fact that that is kind of a fluky stat, and he's eventually going to be due. Like, at some point, you're going to get value on Chris Paul in a Scott Foster situation because he he can't lose every game that he officiates, right? Right? I guess we'll see.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to play the over here. As we know, only one game has gone under. Uh, we also had a push as well, and I realized they were torching the Nets in the last game, but you also don't need the game to land uh, whatever it did, 242. Um, so yes, they may not shoot the same percentages, but I just feel like there's been so many spurts in this series and the one under barely hit. Uh, I just, you know, um, I, I, I do think we see a little point. So a small lean to the over, nothing crazy on this game. Any prop bets for you? Cause the one I'm doing is Chris Paul under 21 and a half. I barely got there by a hook on Saturday night. I feel he's a distributor. He's not all there. I wonder if his hand is messed up. I just have to side with under 21 and a half.
1: Yeah, I I get that. I I played Chris Paul double-double in game uh, five, and that paid off, but it was plus 150. It's now dropped to plus 120. I do think he's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. I talked about this stat on Daily Wager yesterday. In games one and two, Devin Booker was far more um, willing to move the basketball. In games three through five, all losses, he's been really ISO heavy. Um, His potential assists or um, uh, assists that led to field goal attempts from teammates Was 13 in game one, 11 in game two. It dropped to four, three, and three in games three, four, and five. So that also upped his time touching the ball and dropped Chris Paul's time touching the ball. So I think if Monty Williams has recognized that stat, or if the the Suns have recognized that stat through film study, they should realize let's take Book off the ball more, let Chris Paul dominate the basketball, let him create for himself in the paint or get into the paint and kick out to Booker. Bridges, Crowder, Cam Johnson, etc. This is just a better offense when the ball is not being stopped by Devin Booker trying to create an ISO shot against a really good defense in the half court. So Chris Paul double double. Chris Paul over assists eight and a half. Um, Booker over three and a half assists if he heeds his this advice and, and tries to create a little bit more. And then I always like taking a role player at home. Pat Connaughton's been really good. Been getting minutes as um Budenholzer has gone to smaller lineups with Giannis at the five so eight and a half points and one and a half three-point field goals made at home I think those are a little bit softer a guy like Connaughton and should play 30
0: minutes um I'll go over both of those in finals MVP stuff's pretty standard Giannis is minus four dollars same as the Suns excuse me same as the Bucks in the series so nothing really value, of value there let's hit the diamond real quick I'm interested in the Yankees and Phillies over um nola has been touched up a little bit in his last few starts. Yankees bats seem to be waking up and I'm never the biggest supporter of any non Garrett Cole Yankee starter. Although Tyone was great on Sunday night baseball, but I'll fade Herman. I'll go over nine in the Bronx with a short porch and right.
1: I got a total. I want to play as well. And it's at Colorado. You know, me, I, I feel like sometimes the course field tax is a little too high and um, given the uh, situation with no wind blowing out or anything like that, normal uh, game environment. I'm going to play under 11 runs for the Mariners and the Rockies. First and foremost, these just aren't very good offenses. Both are bottom third in the uh, bigs this season. Seattle, as a matter of fact, is dead last in average and on base, they 29th in OPS. Colorado um, has hit the third fewest home runs of any team in Major League Baseball this season, despite playing half their games at Coors Field. And both starting pitchers, have a narrative that plays well at Coors. First off, Colorado starter, Herman Marquez is just objectively good at home. A 3.06 ERA and a 258 Wobo allowed at home this season. Both of those numbers are lower at Coors Field than it is for Marquez on the road. And then Marco Gonzalez, the Seattle starter, I know this because he was drafted by my home team, the St. Louis Cardinals, out of high school. He grew up in Colorado and pitched and won four consecutive state championship games at the 5a level at Coors Field he's very familiar he grew up his whole entire life pitching in the altitude so again he's not a great MLB starter but he knows how to pitch in altitude he's not afraid of it his stuff will play there so to speak so you have two starters that have a a a narrative that plays well two offenses that are not inspiring and always a very high total at Coors Field that I'm going to try and take advantage of the under there of 11.
0: All right. Sounds good. You should. Uh, I hope you're ready for dog of the day. My TBT underdog did not get there on the show, so the bone has been passed to you, my friend.
1: I think there's only one way to go with that, and uh, our viewers will find out for sure uh, today on ESPN2 at 6 p.m. Eastern.
0: Exactly. We are 6 Eastern the entire week, so thanks to everyone for checking in on the podcast here. We'll see you back on the small screen later this evening to preview Game 6. We'll have a lot of good guests and really blow out coverage uh, for tonight's showdown and elimination game, the first elimination game of these NBA finals. So That does it for us in and out in 10 minutes like we promise you every single weekday.